0: Hello, and welcome back to the Empower Light podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Odgers. I look forward to helping you grow in mind, body, and spirit by creating a safe space for sharing, goal setting, and growth. The goal of this podcast is to help you become the best version of yourself by tapping into what makes you uniquely you and to help you find your light. Every week, there will be a solo mini session that will feature meditation, goal planning, breathwork or a mini workshop on a new topic there will also be a longer session with a guest speaker from the fitness health and wellness space focused on sharing their inspiring story to finding out who they are in hopes to impact you this is empower light and you let it burn so it's just time to move on and to find your happiness you've got to find a light in your life tonight, tonight. Welcome back to the Empower Late Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Odgers. And today we have my good friend, Sean Turner on. Hi, Sean.
1: What's up? How you doing?
0: Good, good. I'm so excited to have you on this podcast today. So we've been friends for a little bit for, you know, a good amount of time here. We kind of go way back. We actually were each other's, what was it, homecoming dates in in college? Oh, no,
1: it was my bid acceptance formal. Ah, yeah.
0: that's what it was. And I think that's the first time we met, but since then our journey through obviously health and wellness and becoming friends has gotten so much stronger. So, I'd love to you for you to start by telling us a little bit about yourself and kind of what you love to do within the fitness industry.
1: Yeah, so like you said, my name's Sean Turner. Um yeah, in the in the fitness industry, I really just resonate with the um I resonate a lot with like the selective suffering ideologies and that's kind of where I based like a lot of the stuff within my fitness journey and that's like how I went about starting my own business within fitness along with my nonprofit, which is called the uh, Second Start Foundation and you know it it really all started back when I I first got sober Um, you know I just remember that first day I got sober I kind of took out like my own little personal journal and I wrote in it like all the things that I saw in the mirror that I didn't like about myself I wrote that I, I didn't like that I didn't like the way I looked because I was out of shape. You know, I didn't like the fact that I failed out of three colleges. I didn't like the fact that I was 22 years old with no clear future. I didn't like the fact that I didn't have a job. And then after all of this, I kind of wrote like, why why did I not like these things? You know, and then I wrote because like it made me insecure. It made me feel like it was insufficient. And then I wrote like, well, what can you do about any of this? And on that day, I I couldn't re-enroll in school. I couldn't go get a career but I could go for a run. You know, the only mm-hmm. thing I could address on that first day was the, this whole idea of like, I don't like the way my body looks. I don't like the fact that I'm out of shape. And that's exactly what I did on that on that first day. I decided to go for a run. And you know, if you know me, like the way I do things, even when I started, is like, if I was going to go for a run, like I was going to go for a run. So like, I remember mm-hmm. that day I decided like, from zero running, no, I'm going to run eight miles today. And mm-hmm. I, I did it. But, you know, after I ran, like when I was so defeated and so tired, I noticed that, you know, that 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 suffering, that physical suffering, that that physical exertion induced this almost emotional vulnerability within myself in the sense that I was able to reanalyze all those character traits that I had talked about before and reframe them in a different way. You know, I could instead of attacking myself with these words, I could be more productive with it because, you know, on that first day, it kind of clicked that this action of running which just broke me down completely you know i'm exhausted hands on the knees they completely broke me down physically didn't defeat me you know it's Mm -hmm. it's the fact that i had to break myself down in order to build myself up so now Mm -hmm. i could look at the rest of my life and be like yeah dude you are at the bottom of the pit like you are broken down you failed out of school i had like i had like a one point something gpa it was quite impressive Um, (laughs) But just because I was beat down, it didn't mean like this was the way it had to be forever. You know, mm-hmm. I started to notice that I, I could progress. And like, even though I was suffering, that that, that suffering could reframe itself and it, it could find purpose. From that point on, I just ran with it in my fitness journey. I would journal every single day and I would kind of create like these little goals for myself. It was, okay, this month, let's run 100 miles. Do I think it was like do 3,500 ups and like 1000 Pull ups, and every single day I would break it down. It's like, okay, how many do I need to do each day? And then mm-hmm. each day, at the beginning of my day, I would put like a little checkbox next to the amount I needed to do. And I would just do it throughout the day. I was working on my military base, and then middle of the day, I'd break out. Oh, I got to do 50 push ups, do the 50 mm-hmm. push ups, write it down, put a check mark. And it just helped me see myself succeed, you know, all yeah. these little goals that I wasn't achieving before. Like now I am. Check, check, check. And as that grew, I started to to realize that what I was capable of in all facets of life and with fitness as my pillar, I was able to go back to college, you know, graduate top of my class. I was able to get accepted into graduate school. I was able to stay sober. You know, I was able to start a nonprofit and we raised like four, I think it was like $4,500 for charity and like some of our other goals as well. It's it's just fitness for me it's more than just the act of going somewhere and pushing weights or just like proving like how great you are it's it's the mental expansion it's it's the recognizing that these physical aspects can be utilized in such a greater way towards pursuing higher level goals cuz it's it's the most tangible way you can see yourself become capable it's mm-hmm. very hard to see yourself be mentally capable when you're when you're down in the abyss when all you've known is like Voices in your head and failure, but like in two seconds, you could see yourself get down and do 10 push ups, and then you realize, Oh, shit I can do things. Um, yeah. I don't know if that was a question, but I kind of just went for it,
0: yeah. No, that was perfect. And I wanted to dive a little bit deeper there. Um, for those that may be in this kind of mental state right now, how did you like talk us through your process? I know you kind of mentioned you started with journaling, um, and then you started with physical movement. How did you first like figure out that you had this going on mentally and what were your steps that you kind of took to working through this
1: um yeah so my like journey with all of this mentally like obviously it didn't start that day for for years before like i knew what was going on in my mind was you know different than what was going on inside other people's minds mm-hmm. it's funny actually at penn state i, I want to say it was like my junior I was like 20 years old I wrote my final English paper on it was like a project like a self-reflection project on the mm-hmm. fact that I knew I had a problem with drugs and alcohol and that I needed to be sober mm. but I didn't get sober for another close to two and a half years but the thing was it's I, I guess one process I learned through journaling was I, I stopped using permanent words like you are this is like I would always say things like you know like you're you are a loser like you Mm -hmm. are stupid, you are lazy. And and I changed the frame, you know, instead of like using them, I guess, as as an adjective, Mm -hmm. I started to use them as like more of a verb, because like a verb is like an action. Mm -hmm. So it was like, okay, you're not a loser, but you are doing loser things. You know, Mm -hmm. you're not lazy, but you are choosing not to put in the work to do things. Mm -hmm. And just by changing that framework, it kind of realized, okay, sure, I'm these things right now because of my actions. But that doesn't mean that they're like objectively how I always need to be.
0: Yeah, they don't define you in a way, if that makes mm, sense.
1: Yeah, but it's also like that recognition that like, okay, but it's going to take steps to not be seen as this or to not be this. And essentially in my journal, like after I would work out, I would kind of just go through my thoughts and like go through my progressions. And every single day I would just wake up and journal and write about like what was going inside of my head and how it was applying to my future and how it was helping towards and then how it was taken away from it and Mm -hmm. a part of that is just you know giving every single thought the respect it deserves Mm -hmm. whether it's positive or negative um because like they all have value in a sense if you can just use them the right way I don't know if that answers your question
0: it does thank you so much and I couldn't agree more with that it's about going inward sometimes I think a lot of times we want to go outward and look around us at what other people are doing but it's at the end of the day when we sit down and we do that introspection and Mm -hmm. we sit and we do that journaling we find out what's actually going on and we're able to kind of break it into little pieces like you mentioned
1: yeah and I like that like the going in aspect because like one thing that I really did do is when I first you know got sober and going through this process with fitness and was really at my lowest point in life like I for the first time in a while, like I sat there with it and like I sat there and understood what was going on because I just feel, at least for me, when we go through hard things, like we just want to shut it down. We want to, you know, fill the void with time, like fill the void with like noise, like constant stimulation. And that's essentially what I was doing with drugs and alcohol. And, you know, I couldn't handle certain emotions. I couldn't handle life. I didn't want to handle it. So I just got I sh- I quiet the noise. I couldn't handle my insecurities. So I just drank to shut it down. You right. know, I couldn't handle my insufficiencies or my fact that I, I felt like I was too shy. So I just did cocaine to like make it better. Right. That's not dealing with like the objective problem. So when I first got sober, I kind of realized like I had never sat in silence. Mm. So one major thing I did, and I think it's really important. Like I took myself off of, all like extra noise. Like I, I took myself off social media for months. I stopped watching Netflix. I, I stopped scrolling. I, I stopped having useless conversations. I stopped gossiping about other people, because all that is is a way to fill the uncomfortableness of sitting with yourself.
0: Mm, okay. I love that. I feel like that is something that is so hard to grasp. I hear people say to me all the time: my clients, my friends. I don't know how you meditate. I don't know how you do yoga. I just can't be in my head that long.
1: Mm-hmm. And I
0: think sometimes it's when we're in our head that long that we have to realize that is a problem. That is something we need to work on that we can be. And we're okay with being in our head that long. Cause that means more times than not, if you can't be in your head that long, you, you aren't at peace with yourself and you aren't at peace with your thoughts. And I think that's something that is sometimes really looked over and it just avoided like you mentioned with other simulation and distractions
1: yeah I honestly think it's like one of the most overlooked things um I mean if you want to get super philosophical like
0: yeah let's do it
1: like what are people what is the greatest anxiety of them all it's like the fact that like you are going to die like the Mm -hmm. fact that you are impermanent like right now if we both sit here and really think about that fact you'll have this moment of like, shit, like, what am I doing with my life? Like, where am I going? Yeah. And the thing is, like, when when it's quiet for long enough, like, those sort of thoughts, like, start to arise. and And we just don't know how to deal with it. Because what we start to realize is, you know, we're all limited by time, like, we all have a very limited amount of time on this planet. And when you sit in quiet, you start to think about all of the things you're capable of. But mm. the fact that it doesn't seem like there's enough time, But then if you really sit in quiet for a longer time, you realize that it's not the fact that there's not enough time. It's the fact that you don't know if you're willing to do what you can in that amount of time, if that makes
0: sense. I love that.
1: Yeah, it's just we're all very, very capable. And I I feel it was kind of you said before, like we have this, you know, there's not enough like Mm -hmm. mentality. But I think a lot of people, especially when you sit in quiet, you realize like there is enough. Mm -hmm. but you just don't know if you're willing to do what it takes to get it Mm -hmm. and it's it's just easier to distract yourself to turn on the tv at night you know like gossip about other people like transcend Mm -hmm. yourself outside of your own mind than it is to just sit there quietly and just like observe what's going on and just watch the clock tick
0: Mm -hmm. oh no i totally agree It's funny you're bringing this up right now because on Monday, I launched an episode on productivity and productivity hacks and how to kind of stay focused on your goals and set yourself up in a space that you can be successful in. So I am curious to hear, you know, we only have 24 hours in a day. What would you say are your top three tips for staying productive and staying in that focused mindset so that you can be successful, so that you can make the most of this time that we have here on Earth?
1: I would say my top three is definitely it starts the night before like go to bed on time (laughs) like you need eight hours of sleep like and that's every single person on the planet like i don't care if someone's listening they're like no i'm the one person who functions well (laughs) five hours i got you're not Um, some
0: people argue it though they really do
1: they're gonna argue it all they want but like it's just like i mean from a scientific standpoint like you really do need eight hours of sleep to reset And you really do need it every single night. And then that also goes into like, I'm going to diverge real quick, but like flow states and stuff like that. Like if you're not getting enough sleep, you're not going to have access to like these flow states and these like times of high productivity. Because Mm -hmm. if I put someone in a room who just slept for eight hours and someone who just slept for four hours the night before and gave them two hours to complete as many tasks as possible, the person with eight hours is going to by far do more than the person with two, four hours. He, the person with eight hours might do more in those two hours and the person with four hours can do in double the amount of time and that's like my other thing so number two is like when you wake up in the morning like don't look at your phone like take take that time for yourself like don't look at your phone don't, don't distract yourself just like be there with yourself and honestly like I like to jump to like my most creative task for the day
0: mm. like what is it that
1: I'm excited to work on nice um And number three is like a weird one, which I only started doing because someone taught me it, is when you're working on something that you're really excited about and you're really into it, stop. Because what's going to happen is like if you stop like 10 minutes before, like stop before you get to that point of burnout.
0: Because Mm. it's like
1: you're going to keep thinking about these things. And then the next day you're going to be so excited to go back into what you were just doing. It's not going to feel like a task. It's going to feel like an opportunity. Um, I love that yeah it sucks at the time because you're like typing or you're like really getting into it you're like oh my god i'm about to solve the world and then <laughs> like, yeah but if you just stop like you just keep thinking on it and honestly like your mind will like continue to process that and your subconscious mm. will continue to process the things you're working on the next day when you come back you're gonna have like a totally new and like innovative approach to it mm. um You know, it's kind of like even like journaling, you know, you journal one day and then you go back to it like a few weeks later and you have this totally new and like interesting perspective on it.
0: Oh, I love that. Yes. I love looking back at my journals from last week, from a year ago, from two years ago. It is so nice to see your personal growth. And I think that's why it's so important that we do again, going back, spend some time with ourselves and write things down. That way you can see how far you've grown and how much you've developed over the last couple of years, couple of weeks, couple of months. Um, And I think that's something we need to do more of in this world. We need to all be spending that time to go inward a little bit more.
1: Absolutely. And it's also like, so it's like this idea of like cognitive load, like you can only hold so many things in your brain, like there is a limit to it. Mm -hmm. So it's just great to like, I take a journal around with me all day and I write stuff down all all day. Um, Yep. But it just me helps because like, if I have a thought, like, why am I trying to hold it in here? You know, because now mm-hmm. you're operating and you have like all of these it's like being on your computer, like trying to go through your workday, but you have seven tab browsers open and your mind yeah. just keeps flashing to the top. You're like, oh, let me just click on Instagram real quick. Oh, let me just go on TikTok real quick.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: It's going in your mind. If you don't put this thought somewhere else, mm-hmm. your mind's going to go through your day and it's going to flex out. Oh, let's click on that tab. Let's click on that tab. Um, So it just like decreases your cognitive load. So that way you can focus on the task at hand.
0: I love that you said that because I actually do the exact same thing. And I I don't think we've ever talked about it before. But for me, I keep two different to do lists on my counter. Um, But on the right side, it's anything that comes to my mind that I wasn't planning to think about for the day. Maybe it's a task. Maybe it's a thing. Oh, I need to order this one thing online for, you know, maybe new running shoes, whatever it might be. Whatever pops up in my brain that tries to distract me throughout the day, I write it down on a piece of paper and just shove it out of my brain. And it's like, I'm going to look at that later on tonight when I'm done my tasks for the day with the things I actually have set to do. And on the left side, on my left journal, my left list, I have three goals for each day always. And I'm only focusing on goal one. And then if I get through goal one, I'm going to go to goal two. If I get through two, I'm going to go to three. But by putting it in that order and only focusing on one goal at a time, it actually makes things a little bit more achievable because basically our brains can't handle more than one to three goals per day and per honestly at a time. So if you have all those goals and they're not ones that can really work hand in hand, you're going to get frustrated and you're going to get disappointed when, for example, you achieve one but you don't achieve two and three so it's important to kind of put them in that order of what's most important and focus on that and kind of work down the list as they go and then you always can tag one on if you have more space say you got like 10 things to do today you're going to put on one two three and then i put a line and then i go four five six seven eight nine ten i don't even look at that line below that line unless i get through one and one two three because it just makes it more achievable um and you get more done, honestly, when you do that. Oh, what are your thoughts on goal setting and how to keep yourself, you know, organized with that?
1: Yeah, I do enjoy goal setting. Um, but I also do suffer from the wanting to achieve everything at the same time. And it's definitely something like that that I've struggled with a lot, you know, even it, it brought me into some trouble. Like over the summer, I was trying to train for a hundred mile ultra marathon while also trying to start a business and then try and start a nonprofit. And, like, mm-hmm. yeah, they all went really – well, the race went good. But I was able to do it all. But by the end of the time, I was so burnt out. I remember coming to the end of the summer when, like, business was slowing down and, like, I finally had a second to breathe. And, like, I actually just broke down for, like, three days, just, like, completely, like, out of it because, like, mentally it just it just felt like it was never stopping. Um, and from that point on, I just realized, like – like you said, four goals, like it, it, it's better to focus on like your one main thing, like really strongly and like mm-hmm. the one that you really believe in the most and, and just kind of doing whatever you can to see that through. Um, so what I've started to do is like with my goal, like I'll have like my Mount Everest goal, like what is like the most crazy dream you could think of if like there was nothing in the way. And then mm-hmm. from there, I kind of like break it down to, okay, so what do you want to achieve in one year? And then from there, you can break it down even farther to, you know, quarterly. Now you have Mm. these quarterly goals. And then after quarterly goals, you have monthly goals. After monthly Mm. goals, you have weekly goals and then daily goals. And then what happens is I started doing this. So like every single Sunday, I'll go through like my goals list. And, you know, I'll adjust my goals for the next week. I'll kind of process how everything went. But then I'll also compare them to my monthly goals, my quarterly goals and my yearly goals. Like, Mm. are these weekly goals really in line? with where i'm trying to be and maybe they're not and maybe that's because where i want to go has changed you know and that's the adaptability along the way like you're 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 going to change you know you're supposed to so like just that adjustment you know and that's why Mm -hmm. i think having that now never is great but like as you go through the process take a look at it you know and sometimes Mm -hmm. you maybe need to adjust it with like all of the intangibles of life
0: yeah oh a thousand percent i cannot agree more with that like that is something I think we need to do a lot more of, like you kind of mentioned, it's one of those things like if you have too much going on, you can't process it mentally, let alone you're going to get upset physically when you can't get to those certain things and you're going to hit burnout. This summer, I um, I was working with a dietitian, and we tested my hormones and my stress levels. And what we found towards the end of the summer was I wasn't producing enough cortisol to even get me out of bed in the morning. You know, that is like the perfect example of a lack of what yeah, a burnout. And what people would say, oh, you're just like not motivated enough and all that stuff. Like, no, my body was saying, like, Amanda, like, we're shutting down. You need to fix it. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's when I actually I took two weeks off of working out. I just did yoga. I just did a ton of stuff. I was getting my eight hours of sleep. I was working on my gut health, all the like good things, putting good stuff in my body to give me more energy. And it helped. It helped a ton. Sometimes we need to slow down to speed up. Someone said this to me the other day, you can be a speedboat or a sailboat. You can speed through life and get as fast as you want to that destination. Or you can kind of just enjoy the journey as you're going through like a sailboat would and kind of not necessarily aiming for that destination, but more enjoying the things that happen along the way. And that's what I kind of need to do there. I was speeding through life. I was doing trying to do all these goals at once and get them done. But um, I wasn't enjoying any destination I got to because I was frustrated with the journey.
1: Yeah. And that's honestly a really good point because even like when I work with clients now, I always talk to them and it's just, you know, everyone comes in with like their their major goal. It's like, you know, I want to look like this from Memorial Day or I want to do this. And it's just like, all right, let's slow down because what's going to happen is you're going to get to that day and sure, maybe you'll look great. Maybe you won't, but that's one day.
0: Mm-hmm. We have
1: 190 days until then you know so even when it comes to setting your goals like how are we going to establish a process where you can enjoy every not every second of it obviously that's unrealistic but enjoy where you're actually going and like be present and pay attention
0: Mm. because
1: like if you're going to do all of this for one day that's not even going to be that great in the end like what's the purpose it's it's the value is in the process and the process is most important because after that day if you just did the speedboat, you're gonna look back and you're gonna have not you're gonna have no foundation to sit on. You're not yeah. gonna have anything to go back to if it doesn't go exactly the way you wanted it to. Whereas yeah. you know we build up these sustainable habits and make you enjoy every second until you get to there. Like if that one day goes to shit,
0: mm-hmm. who
1: cares? Because the next day you'd be right. like, you know, what, like I enjoy what I'm doing. I have a really good process. I have a good foundation. I create a good community around me and mm-hmm. like of like-minded people that are helping me get to where I want to be. Um, yeah. and that's, that's definitely one of the most important parts of, of goal setting and even pursuing your goals. It's just like, be something you want to be present for, not something mm-hmm. you want to just rush for through.
0: Yeah. And you also mentioned surrounding yourself with like-minded people. So how has that kind of helped you in your own fitness journey?
1: Community is so, so important. You know, I've definitely been a person who's self-isolated a lot throughout my life. It's, um, it's kind of crazy, you know, like we fight loneliness with isolation. It's Mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm feeling lonely. Let me just isolate myself a little bit more so that I can feel less lonely, which obviously inherently makes absolutely no sense. And (laughs) in full transparency, that's even, you know, I obviously like, I love the self work and I love like the quietness and stuff like that. But like, sometimes I've even taken that too far where I'll really feel you know, Like I can't be sharing this information or I can't be going to these communities until I perfect it, you know, until I am the perfect version of myself. How am I going to be engaging with other people within this community? Mm. And that's hurt me a lot, you know, because the truth of the matter is all that extra information, all that extra help, like it's out there, it's out in the world. And like, you need to show up to it. Yeah. Um, but since I started engaging more communities, especially people, who are like-minded, I've definitely it, it motivates me in a way. Um it, there's a lot of like that friendly competition, but there's also that support, you know, those support networks mm-hmm. to people who are gonna be there for you regardless. And the one thing I do find is, you know, as we grow older and like become like adults, is you need to go out there and continuously find new people who are more like you. Um, mm-hmm it's great to have like your friendships for life and there's nothing wrong with any of that, but you like different things, you know, someone Mm -hmm. who's been your best friend since kindergarten, who doesn't really care for fitness and stuff like that is not going to help you grow in that field. And if you rely on them for that, it's only going to cause frustration and more of a divide because Mm -hmm. you're going to this person for information they don't have, nor do they want to have. My, My best friend in the world is this guy, Sam. And, you know, I love him to death, but like he likes to play guitar and all that sort of mm. stuff. If he wants to get better at guitar. He's not coming to me. I had yeah. years. I have played it twice.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> I think I've had one for. Yeah, it's in the corner over there. I think okay, I've had okay. it for maybe 10 years and I think I picked it up two times and I'm it getting, just I'm stares ready. at me.
1: I see you we're coming don't worry
0: <laughs> it's fine we're watch out guys 2023 we are going to be the newest mus- musicians Sean yeah. Turner integrated and Amanda moves watch out
1: World tour <laughs> but um the yeah that's why it's like important to go out there and like expose yourself within your interests and I also know like a part of that is just accepting that your interests are good enough and like of value and there's other people out there who like the same things
0: mm-hmm. like
1: you like i don't know underwater basket weaving like go find people who like underwater basket weaving
0: i've never even heard of that that's amazing
1: it's probably not a thing but like if it (laughs) is there's probably at least two people who do it you know
0: one of them being you considering you know what it is (laughs) um but i couldn't agree more and i'm gonna totally josh this but i'm gonna try here so I heard a really cool like analogy the other day and it was, you think about a rocket, right? So a rocket takes off off the ground. What it leaves behind is obviously it goes against gravity. So gravity re- should represent your friends or your people in your life that unfortunately kind of drag you down, kind of are holding you back from where you're supposed to be and where you're going. Um, And it's nothing, you know, a lot of times it, it doesn't have to do with the fact that, you know, they might not be right for you. You know, they might just be growing in a completely different way than you are. So like holding you back in a way because they're focused on this that, and the other while you're focused on something else. And then when you take off here, you're going up to the atmosphere. And this is where I'm going to mess it up. I forget what it's called, but the thing separates from the rocket. Um do you know what I'm talking about?
1: I know what
0: you're talking about, yes. I think listeners can understand what I'm talking about.
1: Separating thing,
0: yeah. Yeah, the separating thing. Um, the separating thing just resembles basically those friends and those family members that are taking you to the moon, but they can't cross that atmosphere with you. They can't level up with you because they're, again, you're not going in the same direction, but they're supporting you along that way. And they will continue to support you and cheer you on from afar, they just can't get to where you're going. And it's when you cross that atmosphere and you get into that next layer that you actually become the person you're supposed to be. And sometimes you do have to, again, just shed some people that are really great for you, but they are, they can't go to where you're going. They're there yeah. to uplift you and get you to, through that journey and to where you're supposed to be. And then wait there, kind of wave you along and say, good luck. You got this. I got you here. Keep going. Um yeah. And that's hard. You know, I think a lot of times as life goes on, like you said, we start to become a little bit more solitude. We start to, you know, find those communities that really do fit the mold of exactly what we're trying to be. And that's just because you have the same interests and the same goals in mind. It doesn't necessarily mean that your friends and your family and people that you had to leave behind per se along the way are bad people. Mm-hmm. It just means they, they aren't going the exact direction of where you're going.
1: Yeah, it's just I totally agree with all that. It's um freaky. You know the movie about the emotions? Um I forget what it's called, but like if anyone's seen it, like there's that scene where like the girl's like old imagination buddy like sends up a rocket and uh, yes. I'm going, I'm I know I know back. exactly what you're talking oh,
0: about now. No, no.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, to the moon. Yeah, take the moon. take the moon for me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, and it's 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 just that. I often find that, you know, when you expect these people to be on the same route as you it, it, if you really depend on them too much, it it causes almost a rift and a frustration. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's not necessarily that, you know, you're leaving them behind. It's more so like Mm -hmm. you're actually fostering the relationship in a better way because like you owe it to yourselves to, to grow in whichever sets your heart on fire. And this expectation that other people should be going in the same route or have the same vision as you, it's just not real. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, like, I don't care how well I know you, I can never fully understand the scope of what's going on inside your head. It's just impossible. I can never fully understand, like, what your vision is. So, like, that is where that, that loneliness comes because... I see, it, I feel it all the time, no matter how well I think I'm explaining it, it, it's, I can never fully expect someone else to fully really grasp what's going on inside of my mind. But that doesn't mean like what's going on inside of my mind is bad. It just means that it's, it's me. It's just who I am. And I need to have faith that I need to grow in that route, even if there is some, some loneliness and stuff along the way. And there's kind of like those rough spots where you're in between, like finding those new people to get you to their next level. And it, it's not so much that you're, you're stepping on people and using them as stepping stones to get to a certain place. It's just that you're both have like this symbiotic relationship. And eventually, like once it stops being symbiotic, like if you keep trying to push it, it's going to collapse yeah. over, you know, and that's where you both need to separate a little bit and start to grow your own way. And it doesn't take away from the value of what you had there, or the value of that friendship. It, it just It's just different, you know?
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And it's loving people too for, you know, who they are. You know, someone said to me, I believe, actually it was my friend, Nick. He said, you will always get when you ask someone a question their own limitations back to you. So for example, say you say to me, hey, I want to start my own business. I'm not sure if I should do it or not. And I've never started my own business before. I'm probably going to talk you into the more realistic thing and say, Hey, well, you know, that, uh, that corporate job would probably be a better fit. You know, it's stable. You'll get more income, you know, it's less risky, but meanwhile, that's something that I just have experience with. I just don't have the experience to help you out with starting your own business. So -hmm. it's never, you know, someone, everyone wants to protect you and give you love back the best way they possibly can. And that's why it's important to see people for, you know, take feedback and see people for who they are, bless you, you. and not put so much pressure, like you mentioned, on them. Because, again, if you ask someone a question, especially people that haven't gone through something before, you're going to get their own limitations back, which is no fault of, you know, them other than the fact that they haven't had that experience.
1: Absolutely. And it's, I kind of like, I remember... It was one of the first days when I first got sober and like I was talking to my mom and like obviously my mom like it's your mom she wants to do everything for you she's like how can I fix this and like you tell them where you're at you can like mom I'm super depressed like I my life's falling apart and like my mom just wants to grab my hand and pull me to like Mm -hmm. pull me out of this abyss and I remember just having to say for like ma like I I need you to be here for me but you can't do this for me Mm. and that was just a very hard thing for for her to grasp and for for me to even say because like it's your parent you know like they're Mm
0: -hmm.
1: they're your superhero but like they can't do it for you you know and if you expect people to just be doing these things for you it's just you're never going to truly become like who you want to be and another like I remember in the AA has like a I go to Alcoholics Anonymous it's they have like a, a big book and stuff like that and you know, one of the quotes that I resonated with the most was like, you are not a martyr for your affliction. Mm. Because like, so many people, it's just and I suffer from a million times, like, look at me, like, if you went through this, you would feel this way too. like, mm. look at all I've gone through. And even moving forward, it's like, oh, life is going to be so hard. I can't drink anymore. I can't do this. And it's just like, it's you're not a martyr, man. Like, there's no reason for anyone to feel bad for you. But also, no one has to change anything. A single one of their actions because of your affliction like, yeah. i don't i don't have the right to expect my family or friends to not drink in front of me because of my affliction because mm-hmm. of my goals because of my dreams like because of what i want to accomplish i do ch- my friends family do not owe it to me to change a single part of their lives period mm-hmm. no one owes you anything yeah. and just, but that doesn't make them bad because they don't owe you stuff. It's just how it is. Just like you don't owe them anything in return. Yeah. Uh, and I, I've just really applied that to everything throughout my life since that moment, and it just goes hand in hand with all these other things. Like, how do you how do you grow past these points? Like, how do you find this community? And it's you know it's great to have people, but just also understand they don't owe you shit. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> For lack of a better term, they literally yeah. owe you nothing. Yes. Um, and I couldn't agree more with that, too. So I wanted to switch gears really quick here. Um, So I wanted to ask you, you talked a lot about goals here. I want to talk about what we can expect from Sean Turner in 2023. So talk us through a little bit of your goals in 2022, how you achieved them or didn't achieve them and kind of that thought process there and what we're doing to shift our mindset and kick butt in 2023.
1: Yeah, so you know 2022 is kind of a a weird year it's I'm definitely like still in the phase of self-discovery and kind of you know experimenting with a lot of things to figure out like where my direction is in life so 2022 is where some of like these older things start to come to an end so like I finally graduated college after like six years of seven years of efforts um And then I was thinking about going to graduate school for mental health counseling psychology. Um, Mm -hmm. I got accepted, but I deferred it just because I wanted to start my own business. So like in 2022, I guess one of my goals eventually became like starting my own fitness business, which I did Mm -hmm. out in Montauk in the Hamptons. I also wanted to start a nonprofit, which I did, which was this thing called the Second Start Foundation, which is essentially... The goal is to help people in recovery get involved in active lifestyles as a pillar in their recovery. But now we're also transitioning to helping um, underprivileged communities, like just helping fund sports programs and stuff like that and giving talks to like high school students about like mental health and even like drugs and alcohol and stuff like that.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, My other 2022 goals were, I mean, one is just like to be as fit as possible. So like I just really enjoy Going really, really hard in the gym. It's just like it's like my my solitude. Like I work out without music. I'm that guy.
0: (laughs) I just for it.
1: Um, I also wanted to finish a 100 mile race. Unfortunately, you know, I had to pull around mile 60, 65. Um, my pee was stinging. I was throwing up. My knee was in shambles. I broke my toe at mile 10. Um, I think I was having like a little kidney failure to be honest. Um, oh my gosh. Wow, but yeah, and that was like a major, major goal for 2022. It was something I really wanted to accomplish, and honestly, just because of how badly I wanted to accomplish that goal, it, it I kind of screwed myself. So I had a knee problem, like an yeah. IT band problem, throughout my entire training cycle. So if anyone saw me running in mom talk, it, it wasn't a run. I was limping, running yeah. 15 miles a day because I was just going to push through to achieve this goal. Um, come race day, and my knee was so shot that like. I was limping from like mile 10 on. Um, and I mm-hmm. guess that's part of like this, like this zeroing in on the goal, like nothing's going to happen. Like I'm going to get this. So that kind of hurt to not do it, but we were talking before it. It's it's still an accomplishment in the sense that like a lot came to me in the process. It was really cool to see like my friends show up for me and support me through it all. It was really cool to see like all of the people I got to talk to and the lives I got to affect and the communities I got to join and just, like, the being there with, you know, my friends and family, like, made it all worthwhile. Um, there was just a lot of self-reflection and a lot of understanding. And, you know, one of the biggest things, actually, that I got out of that race, which I guess was my biggest goal in 2022, was to finally, like, understand, like, who I was and the fact that, like, you know, I've always struggled with this, like, thing that, like, you're not enough. um.
0: Mm-hmm. And I remember,
1: you know, Tom Tillerson, I was sitting in the woods, like with Tom, Tom was there uh, doing part of a lap with me. And I sit down and I just look at him and I'm like, dude, like, I don't need to do this anymore. And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I don't need to keep hurting myself because
0: mm.
1: on some level, that's what, you know, addiction and depression is the way it translated for me. It was like, you can't hurt me. I'll just hurt myself before anyone else could hurt me. And it's like this self-sabotage and like this self-punishment. And in a way, like, that's still what I was kind of doing with, like, the running and the way I worked out. It was just, I'm going to punish myself to prove to myself that I'm good enough and to kind of, like, make up for all of my actions of the past. Mm. But for some reason, just sitting in the woods next to Tom, I'm just like, dude, like, I'm enough. Like, I don't, I have nothing left to prove to anybody. Like, I don't need to do this. Um, You know, and a lot of it kind of translated. I, I struggled with posting a lot of it on social media. Because mm-hmm. this was something that was supposed to be for me. And it really started to feel like I was doing it for a camera. And that was never the purpose of getting involved in in any of this. It was never supposed to be like a look at me show, like, look how great I am. And, yeah, you know, it, it really started to feel like that. Um, and it was kind of like, you lose sight. It's like, do I really want to do this? Or do I just want to show other people that I can do this? so at the end I kind of came to terms with you know like I'm enough like I don't need to do things for other people I don't need to show other people I don't need to prove myself anymore and so I kind of thought after that race for a while it's like oh I'm probably going to you know tone it down I'll, I'll relax a little bit
0: mm-hmm. but
1: honestly over these past few weeks as like I've really started to recover 2023 I'm going back and I'm running 100 miles again period in 2023 I do want to do things more quietly it's um I was posting a lot and stuff on social media, and it kind of took away from my true reasoning for doing all of this. And, you know, I do want to get back into doing like some more like deeper thinking and, you know, really experience things in the moment for what they are. And not trying to even like curate things. So that way it will look nice. And really just like discover like who I am for me. So Mm -hmm. I do want to go back and do the 100 mile race. I have actually a couple other challenges I have planned. But I want to do them for me and like maybe reflect on the experience after and kind of, cause you don't have the full spectrum of the experience until the experience happens. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to make sense of all of these things before it's even time to do that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I have these challenges. I will do the race, but it's going to be quietly and you know, it's, it's going to be for me and that's okay. Sure. It's not going to make me blow up or become famous or have, <laughs> whatever, but like, it's going to have a lot more value in the end.
0: I love that so, so much. Thank you so much, Sean, for being on this podcast today. It's been amazing having you here. And I cannot wait to cheer you on with all your amazing challenges this upcoming year. Before we go, I wanted to ask you one more question here. What advice do you have for others looking to find their light?
1: Yeah, for others trying to find their light, it's can't avoid the darkness you know like sometimes you have to venture into the darkest point of yourself and your life and that just because things are hurting it doesn't mean that like you can't keep pushing and that it's not going to get better eventually and also it's it's the ebbs and flows it's a process like one day you might think you found your light and the other day you might think you're a freaking loser and it's gonna go up and down and up and down like People always want to know is like, what was the point where you just knew, where you just Mm. knew how to do this, knew how to do that? And the truth is that that point's never happened. I've spent Mm. so much time. I traveled to Southeast Asia. I joined the military for like this transcendent moment where like now I understand. Now I have the Zen. Mm. It doesn't happen. There's no magnificent moment in life where it's just like that picturesque movie where it's just like, and from that point on, Sean understood. Like it's not. (laughs) it's not going to happen. It's, it's yeah. find the process that you can enjoy and be present with every single day, whether it's a day filled with light or darkness. Cause you know, when you look back and reflect, like you will see the magic in all of
0: it. I love it. Thank you so much, Sean. Thank Thanks you for have. being on the, oh my gosh, of course. And where can any listeners find you if they want to get in touch with your foundation with you on Instagram
1: Yeah, so you could find me on Instagram. My handle is Sean S-E-A-N underscore Turner underscore integrated. It's the same thing on TikTok. And then for my foundation, the Instagram is at the it's just at second start foundation. Um and then there's a there's a little link in the in the Instagram bio where you you could donate through um PayPal. And then other than that, I think oh I have a a cool little YouTube video that we just posted up about my hundred mile race called Movement is Medicine. So that will give a little glimpse into who I am as a person. But other than that, yeah, I really appreciate coming on. This was you have me all thinking now, you know,
0: (laughs) we do this all the time. We get on these calls, guys, and we end up talking for like three hours just because we're like, oh, yeah, like, that's a good point. And like now I'm thinking, too, I, you know, came into this call, you know, I had a little bit of a rough day and Sean, you always make me feel better. So I'm so grateful for you. Glad to get on here, and I will link everything in the bio below, guys, in the little description there, so go ahead, give them a follow, and other than that, thanks for joining Empower Light this week. I'm your host, Amanda Odgers, and join us again on Monday for a solo session. Can't wait to see you then. And you burn, so it's just time to move on
1: else. and to find
0: your happiness. You've got to find a light in your life. Tonight, tonight, tonight. to